2: Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about a 2-2 draw with Man United, a comeback of sorts. We've gone back to being a second-half team, but that's generally better than what we've been for the last couple of matches, which is a no-half team. So, positives all round today. Um, Joining me, as always, from up north, it's
0: Mr. Seb Short. How are you doing, Seb? Yeah. Trying to constantly convince myself that I don't care, and I definitely didn't care in the first half, and then suddenly found myself caring intently in the uh, in the second half. So they just they just get you, don't they? Just drag you in when you think all hope is gone and you can't be bothered anymore, and then then it, it just slightly turns around. So obviously I've checked the league table and all the other things that you do <laughs> after the game. After you convince yourself that you don't care, is there still a chance? What can we do? Who are we above? Um, but uh, but yeah, like you say, as Paul Muir would say, green shoots.
2: Yeah, there was a few green shoots. But yeah, that Newcastle result, I think, has pretty much put our top four ambitions finally to bed, um, if they weren't already. Also joining us, we're very uh, pleased today to have an actual broadcaster, a professional with us. Um, so it makes a big difference from what you normally get from us. <laughs> Joining, not Ryan Mason's uh, relative of any sort, unfortunately, but <laughs> joining us is Kate Mason, broadcaster, extraordinary, and award winner.
1: Oh, oh! Thanks, guys. I I feel pretty tough to be called a professional. I'm not sure that's often a term applied to me. I mean, Seb mentioned that one of the reasons he was keen to have me on was because he heard me on the radio accidentally swearing on a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. So I think that can give your listeners a a general understanding of um of what level of professionalism they're likely to get tonight after that game.
2: Um,
1: which by the way, I'm quite hyped up about. I really thought. Yeah, it was going to be a bit of a struggle to come on and not because I wasn't, I was very pleased to come on and chat to you guys and be a part of the show, but you know, it is a bit of a ball ache to come on and talk about, uh, another, you know, another two nil defeat or whatever it looked like at time, another four nil potential defeat. But yeah, I, don't know, I feel pretty hyped up after that, after that comeback.
2: Yeah. Thursdays at half past 10 at night and never normally the, the best part of the day for my brain. So I don't like to pod now. Normally Brendan does it from Brazil, but, uh, nevertheless it would have been even harder like you said if we'd have got a good smashing today so to come out of it with something I think I feel quite positive um right let's crack into it as we always do with the lineup Seb we saw the return to 343 today um <laughs> after the, the change to a four at the back didn't really go too well so were there any surprises there was a few uh sort of changes in personnel as well today
0: yeah obviously I don't think there was many surprises I guess the biggest one is is Kulusevski dropped to the bench for for Richarlison. Yeah. Um, and then it was going to be interesting to see what side kind of Son took up and what side uh, Richie took up. And then obviously we've got this uh, situation with Hugo Lloris apparently injured. Um no one knows how or why or when. Um but uh obviously forced to coming in. And then the rest of it I think we expected Longley to come back in if we were going to go to a um uh, to three or five at the back, however you you want to interpret that. Um yeah, and and Saar dropping out, obviously. Um oh I think it was um everything that we sh- we we could have expected. I think if we'd have lined up with a four, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure how that would have gone down. Um so yeah the the right thing to do and the, the, the right calls to make I think.
2: Yeah, do you agree with that, Kate? Were you surprised at anything in the lineup?
1: I think the interesting thing for me, as you mentioned, Seb, with Kulosevsky drops. I quite like the fact that we started with Richarlison. I feel like he makes a nuisance of himself. I was frustrated because he, I think again, you know, we've got two players there, Son and Rishi, who have confidence issues right now. As, I mean, as we could say that about many of the squad in context of the performances. But I think he's got the issue that he hasn't scored goals, right? So mm. he's making a nuisance of himself. He's he's putting himself about. I liked what he was doing in the first half. I really did. Like, I always feel like he might be able to make something happen. But he had a couple of, uh, we're getting more into the, the conversation about the game, but, you know, he had a couple of big chances, one in particular where he squared it and he absolutely should have shot, no doubt about it. Mm. So all that said, I do think it's a good option to show him, I, I, I'm hoping the plan from mason uh was to uh was to give him a bit of confidence and to say like as he said to son as you could see he said to son at the end you know i back you get yeah. on there do what you're good you know do what you're good at and i will back you so yeah. i liked that and then you're absolutely right of course about the, the defense and look you could see it was like um you could really see that they they'd been drilling the defensive like cordon couldn't you i mean it went up mm-hmm. abs- am i allowed to swear on here by the way to the point yeah, where i'm all you, all you want. oh yeah it obviously went slightly to complete shit for the two girls in the first half, but um you could see that they at least had some semblance of organization it just it just felt like um you know, just brain farts basically when they or or Dyer not being a very good defender when he stood off.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were some issues. No, I agree though. It's um Richarlison's got to play some games. I do feel for him if he doesn't get a goal this season, then it's mm. it's not looking good for him at all. But um Kulu's form has been off as well. So mm. I think between him, Richarlison and Son, you could probably pick any of them. So I think I agree, you end up having a fairly decent half and, and the option of Cooley coming off the bench is is probably quite it's a good. threat because it, it changes yeah. things up, doesn't it? It offers a completely different dynamic. And it worked,
1: didn't um, it? It worked.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the start, Seb, did you get a bit of flashbacks to the weekend after we conceded so <laughs> like Because we started to press from the start and they were, on the TV they were like, oh, Spurs pressing from the start a bit more energy. Then after about three minutes we gave up and we just sitting back. And we were in these two sort of banks and all they did was find a simple pass to Rashford in between, a ball out. And I mean, it was a really nice finish, but <sighs> same old Spurs it felt like after after six or seven minutes.
0: It, it's not going to take a couple of training sessions under Ryan Mason to iron <laughs> that. The huge deficiencies we have in, um, not only in tactics, but in mentality, in yeah. style. You know, you, you, you name any of the kind of buzzwords, we've got a problem with them. So, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the long and short of it. Yeah, I, I noticed for two or three minutes, we looked quite confident on the ball as well. I, was, I quite liked it. It looked like we were trying to get it forward. Yeah. Um, and God knows that's been a problem for, I was going to say weeks, but years. Um, and, then, um, and then we switch off. It's a, just a complete switch off. And there is a huge problem with um, Romero and Porro, um, kind of silly, seemingly unwilling or unable, to to close down anyone coming at them with speed. uh, Whether it's a lack of communication, um, Mm. I've said it and I'll say it again, the body shape of our players when goals go in against us is horrific. When you Mm. slow it down, as they do when they're replaying a goal, Romero yet again, hands behind his back. I don't care how much that uh, managers or coaches think that that is a good idea. I will argue against it the whole time. How can you be balanced and and make yourself all right take your arms away I know you you obviously can't defend with your arms but your body comes in on itself. You're not big. I don't I don't understand it. Porro gets turned. Romero is so he's facing the wrong way. Romero is all over the shop and it's just it's just so easy and it was like a pop in a bloom. You know, it was like whew any any positivity that there was and i don't think there was a lot in the stadium just great yeah. Dra- yeah, yeah
2: i felt that um and kate it, i mean we did try and get back into it after that but it did feel like that had really shook the confidence and you know the, the whole stadium emptied uh, of any atmosphere at all didn't it so it was oh, it it, did, it yeah. did feel like at that point it wasn't it wasn't going to be our day again
1: it's been a tough oh, it's such a tough place to be the stadium when it's not when yeah. we're not f- feeling it yeah because I mean I have the luck I was I didn't watch the game on Sunday guys because <laughs> I um I was actually I had I was on a bit of a jolly to the San Siro I went oh, to watch nice. AC Milan um who in fact featured in a recent not very exciting Tottenham yeah. watching experience of course <laughs> in the Champions League but um yes yeah, so I uh I I think perhaps my my f- experience of Spurs over the last few days has been slightly different to yours because of course mm. you, you had to watch that. And uh, once I realized what was going on, um, I decided that I wouldn't be looking at it. <laughs> 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 and I wouldn't, I keep running into Newcastle fans as well, by the way, I don't know if you found this, they would just, they would just come out of the woodwork. They were just <laughs> suddenly like everywhere, just yeah. desperate to talk about football. Anyway, sidebar. So the point about that was of course, my experience of the, that game on Sunday had been, I was just about to go to San Siro. I was like all buzzing about going to watch football somewhere brand new, you know, I was like mm. in a, in a fun football headspace. And I turn my phone on and it's like, it's like, it's glitching or something. It's like, how, <laughs> how are we, are we really three? Now we can't be three nil down. It's 10 minutes. It like, I didn't, I only, have I got the kickoff time wrong <laughs> anyway? Um, no, I hadn't. Uh, so yeah, that, that was scary. Having not experienced it and not wanting to watch it back, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I felt like I didn't know what I was coming into. Like I didn't know what kind of game I was going to watch tonight. Yeah. And of course, the three, three at the back thing made me feel better. Um, just generally, just feeling like there was there was going to be more solidity. And then also, I don't know, it's vibesy a bit to talk about Ryan Mason, but like. It did feel like, as I'm sure you've talked about loads, like the whole Stellini just being the number two for Conte. Yeah. It wasn't really a big change when when Conte left. It was just leaving the same, the less powerful guy in charge in a slightly yeah. weird way. So at least it felt like there would be a bit of a shift. But then of course when we conceded, and to concede in such a like. Oh, you know, like confidence, low confidence. You know, give a guy a goal, kind of like charity Tottenham situation. Yeah, absolutely, it's Tottenham exactly face. what I thought at the time. Sancho, oh, Sancho, have one! Come on, you know, be good for the <laughs> England team or whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was frustrating. Um, and then, and then again, I already said about Dyer standing off Rashford. It was just the amount of space that was given. It was a bit kind of what is it? Rabbit in the headlights vibes. So that was a bit scary, yeah. yeah. Scary, looked, that's my word of the first half. Scary. <laughs> yeah, we just looked a
2: bit shook. I mean, they had plenty of chances after that. Forster was making so, I think he made a save from Rashford Sev. was some great
1: saves. The, yeah, the that, credit really.
2: That Romero, Forced I think it was, slid in and, and stopped and then Perisic cleared off the line. But we had a few opportunities going forward. I just felt like, we were too afraid to commit numbers because a lot of the time it felt like that same old thing. It was like Son, Kane, maybe one other joining the attack. Richarlison doing some stuff, and then Kane joining in. But there was just nobody was getting forwards, put that pressure on, and we ended up just ended up sort of putting the ball across to nobody, or you know, yes. just making bad decisions.
1: Yeah, two things exactly. Like um, there was nobody there when we were in a good position, and then mm. also what we're saying about the confidence. Like every time someone took a shot, it was just just at De Gea basically yeah, yeah it just yeah. really was and even I mean he made one particularly you know he made a good save it was in the air didn't he and he was stretching a bit but even still they were very gettable and mainly it was just like we were shooting at his body like like yeah. target practice but with a you know like a, a driving like a, a driving range rather than actually target practice trying to find the empty bit of a goal so yeah it was mm, it was it was depressing because it was like we are creating chances mm. but I just don't see how we're ever going to get any in
0: yeah, and then no. The second great.
1: half happened. Amazing.
0: The other, problem, <laughs> the other problem, is, the, the the other problem is that the way that we've been set up under Conte is that it relies on the the wing backs um, mm-hmm. getting forward. Um, and there was the there was a chance where I think Perisic got it and he he squared it along, and you'd expect Poro to be there, but actually, in a way, you kind of don't want him to be there because we're so open when he mm. when he when he does, when he does come forward. Also, there was another one, um, uh, Richarlison. And He was through, he should have taken the, the opportunity. Uh, he, was, he was in the same that's spot, that's the one as I'm very, on about.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he squared, or he squared it kind of, but really, he just absolutely. No one. Should have taken Skip, shot. Was, yeah.
0: Skip was running, running in. Um, but it, we don't look, there's no, there's no plan, uh, up front. It is kind of relying on individual talent as it has been for you know, it's not a new thing. Um, mm. so it, I, as Kate said, I, I, I felt I, I didn't feel like we were going to score um, and that's, that's a huge problem. I watched the second half, uh, sorry, the first half, very calm, knowing it was everything that I'd kind of seen all um, all season, a little bit of huff and puff, a few little half chances. But as soon as the ball went forward against us, we just looked at sixes and sevens. And obviously the, the second goal just mm. sums that up completely. And what, what you know, Before we kind of get onto it, the point about pushing too many people up, especially (laughs) from 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 Wembley, I mean that is it was schoolboy stuff, Um, and if you know, oh, it it was it was an embarrassing goal to concede.
2: Well, this is it. We had pushed up too far. I mean, Perez had that chance, and again, if that if that had gone in, we wouldn't be in this situation. So it's so typically Spursy that we'd do that. Then they got the other end. As soon as you heard, <laughs> he's one on one with Eric Dyer. It didn't really. It kind of felt inevitable, didn't it, Kate? That that was going to go hit the back of the net.
1: Um, this is the joke of my joke with my friends about Eric Dyer, which is that I love him, Um and. I, can't, I try to just not engage with the many deficiencies that he quite often demonstrates. Mm-hmm. And I always go, whenever anyone says anything, I'll do this to you as well. Whenever anyone says anything negative about Eric Dyer, I just say, he scored that penalty against Colombia in 2018. <laughs> and I will never forget it. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that. The, the, I mean the thing is, I think we all used to like Dyer. Um I remember yeah. like some of my friends from other teams when he first joined yeah. would say like yeah. he's an he's gonna be an absolute world class player, he's gonna be in the England team for X amount of years. But his since he got his appendix out or wherever it was, his form has dropped off. It feels
0: like on a regular basis, it just since goes another. Fighting, since you went fighting in the crowd, mate, that's what <laughs> it
1: was. I would have thought that would improve his skills, no? That was him standing up for his bro, wasn't it? That was the whole vibe. Someone was being rude to his family member. Yeah. Have at them. Come on.
2: But it's just, you know, one-on-one is not a place he ever wants to be. And I, I don't think his shape was too bad, but all Rushford had to do was just delay it a little bit, then go. And he couldn't keep up that, that extra yard he got. And it was a really nice finish at the near post. I felt a bit sorry for Forster because, he, like you said, he'd made quite a few saves so far, was doing all right, and um, just got beaten at that near post. And it was just typical Spurs to concede at that point. After, you know, I was thinking the narrative was going to be great. We can go in at 1-1. <laughs> things, have, things have turned around and instead we're staring at a 2-0. So yeah. it was a, a terrible end to the half. Um, it does show, Franco, it does
0: show that I, I, there, there is no shape. There was there was they, they got the ball out from um from the from the from Perisic sorry from Perisic's chance mm. and to for them to play two balls through and five seconds later eight seconds later whatever is a goal it, it's just just there's no that that we are we have no midfield we mm-hmm. you know it's I don't know how they do it because we can't I don't think we can change anything we saw obviously on Sunday if you change change the formation what happened um. We we're now wedded to the system that gives us a two-man midfield, and if one of them, and it's, uh, most of the time tonight it was Skip, pushes that little bit further on, mm. it we we are we can be sucker punched really easily, mm. um, and and that happened that happened for that for that goal. It's it's too easy, yeah. It doesn't. It's not. It's taken us ten seconds to to, to break it down. It's not like some complex tactical um, <laughs> plan that Man United had. You know, it's it it was it was so simple. Yeah, um, yeah, that and that was it. And then obviously you get the booze at halftime. Um, oh, I do hate and... that,
1: guys. I get it, but I really no. struggle with that stuff. Like, mm. I I don't want to be soppy and you know and all kind of old. Maybe maybe it's the reverse of old school. I don't know, but like,
2: don't worry, we We are renowned happy <laughs> clappers on this channel. So <laughs> don't worry about it. You can be as I've positive been in that as you
1: want. Stadium is. A lot, fair a fair bit this season, although, because quite often, because like, I do final score on Saturdays, so quite often if it's the three o'clock kickoff, then I'm at work. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I almost think there's like no moment that you should boo at half time.
2: No. I mean, this is it. We were told today was going to be the mass demonstration and the protest outside looks a little bit bigger. Um, The weather obviously didn't help because it was pretty miserable. So that people wanted to step out and stand outside for sort of a couple of hours before the match moaning about the chairman. But yeah. even within the ground, it looked pretty full. I know there was loads of tickets still available on the exchange, but people still seem to turn up for sort of a late kickoff on a Thursday night. And yeah. you, you heard a few murmurings of, of, we want Levy out. But it was kind of like that, it sounded like it was far in the distance. <laughs> so, I mean, you heard it on the TV, <laughs> but it didn't sound like it was everybody joining in. And that's been my experience at the ground every game this season. I thought it might be a bit different today. Um, and obviously going in at 2 0 it felt like it could get very toxic in the second half. But
1: yeah, I mean but it was subdued rather than aggro, I thought, from what I could tell, obviously not having been there. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, and there was a bit of um at the beginning. I was actually you could hear some like quite good Spurs chants at the you know, quite early doors, yeah. I thought. Yep. Which it was, was nice all right. to- nice to see.
2: Mm. i think that's the thing is like as much negativity as there is on social media and elsewhere when you get to the ground people do generally go to football to try and have a good time and be entertained so there's always like the 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 idea at the start of getting behind the team even if it doesn't last very
1: long (laughs) well that is the struggle about the entertainment values though isn't it guys like yeah i mean at least you know in the end at least like tonight was yeah, actually, pretty pretty interesting watch.
2: Yeah, um,
1: but I've seen some absolute dirge this season.
2: But no, we we've talked about that as well. That it doesn't, it's not conducive to having a good atmosphere when you when you've, your first halves have been so bad, like they have a lot of the time this year, because it just sucks yeah. the life out of the crowd, and therefore makes it very difficult to get back up again. So. Yeah, we might have sort of come out with some better second half performances, but then like today, the crowd were quite um, yeah. By yeah. the second goal, it was like it was quite lively, and we'll, we'll talk about what happened after the second goal in a bit. Let's let's go back to the start of the second half because we started off with a bit of a bit of early pressure, Kate. Um, a few balls into the six yard box, um, and yeah, it was positive to see that we came out with sort of a better a better attitude.
1: Yeah, sorry, I was gonna not to bring up the the a words, but I was just gonna say on the subject of the stadium you know how Mm. people always talked about how terrible the atmosphere is at the emirates right you know for years and years and oh it's a shit stadium and all that stuff and then you know they they win a few and actually it's quite a good place (laughs) to go to watch football by all accounts these days so yes i think that is true isn't it like Mm. the struggle i know that there's a lot of talk at top like they're always trying to make it there's so there's some really great as I'm sure you guys know, there's some really really great people that work at the club, and mm. a lot of them are spending a lot of time trying to think about how to improve the atmosphere and things yep. to do and all this sort of stuff and And the struggle really they've got is that the best way to do that is to <laughs> is to win football games. Yeah. It's so, amazing how it's that like, cheers
2: the cheers the crowd up.
1: Yeah. Score a few goals that, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, sorry, I've lost I've lost my where where were we? Po- at? Oh, positive we start, positive the, start. Positive
0: start. start. start of the, start of the, second, of the
1: second half. Yeah, it did. I mean, it did look different. I'm very like they were trying to hear in the post match they were all trying to be like what did you say in the um what yeah. did you say in the half time to Ryan and all of this stuff and he's <laughs> I mean he's like you know i i i do buy into the idea that he's saying to them that i believe in you Mm. and i feel like that is actually something that is probably quite important for them at this stage yeah because i think i can't remember who said said maybe it's you like they're in individuals we've got some really good individuals Mm. and the challenge is yes you know we've talked about trying to switch up formation and trying to figure out this two in the middle thing but yeah it's about trying to get these people to perform at the best of their ability quickly really and to let go you know ryan's trying to i guess hold as a young man who's part of this system to hold the pressure and to kind of diffuse it i guess Mm. i've seen i saw one of these like um one of these quite nice cartoons that goes around on on Instagram fairly often of, you know, like uh, it was this, it was about managers, actually, I assume in a kind of in the workplace. Mm. And it was like a picture earlier of a, a guy holding an umbrella and that's the manager. And then there's all the like stuff that they're, they're protecting you from, basically. And I think that is the job of Ryan Mason right now is to say to, is to keep reminding them that like they are the players that they can be. And yeah. he's going to take responsibility for everything else. Oh, well, I don't know so I do you think that he can? I don't
0: know. I think it's the polar opposite. We discussed it on on a few pods recently, especially after the last game. It's the polar mm. opposite of what they've been told um mm. through I believe through manager's tactics for the last 3 years under under Jose and and under Conte bar in a few months. It it is negative essentially messages transmitted to the players of you're not good enough to win mm. unless we play this negative um, boring backwards football. That, mm. That's that's what it seems like to me. I, I said it on the last pod. I specifically remember an Arsenal game um, where we won under Jose. We won two 0 and it was yeah. backs to the wall. Sissoko and Hoybier in the middle, literally running around like lunatics. And it was this is how we can win a football game with because you're not essentially saying you're not good enough to win a normal football match. So we're going to yeah. play this kind of anti football, and it's it, it is it is ingrained in the squad. It is ingrained in all of them, and players who have natural talent and natural flair. And I, I've been one who's really kind of got behind Kulusevski. Uh, I thought he was an absolute breath of fresh air when he when he when he first came, and this season he's had all the stuff. It looks like he's literally been punched up against the wall. He's had all the stuffing knocked out of him. You see it with Richarlison, maybe for a different reason, in lack of goals and things like that. But zero confidence. You see it with Son, obviously playing this Son kind is, of neg- yeah, negative play where he makes yeah. a run. Perisic gets the ball on his side and Perisic passes it backwards Mm. and he's left in in no man's land. They've all, to a man, had this kind of negativity kind of thrust upon them. I honestly believe that. And I said on the last pod, these are not bad players. Kate, you just said, you know, individual talent is there. You know, Mm. someone needs to come in and find a way, A, getting their confidence up and B, finding a bloody formation that plays to the strengths of the players. We've got Pedro Porro. We were screaming for him. Why mm. is Levy not him and all this? We need to get him yeah. in. He'll change it. Well, I've no doubt he's not... I've no doubt he's a good player. But for the last few weeks, I've been praying that Emerson Royal comes back. But that's, that's, not, that's not Pedro Porro's fault. He's been thrust into a situation. How many managers has he had already? How many mm-hmm. voices has he got telling him different things? It, you know, it's just it's been an absolute car crash and the the big fear for me and we've discussed this as well is well there's two two, it's two points in one who wants to stay at Tottenham now and who wants to come because mm. you, you know that that is that is the, the 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 wider issue I know we're coming away from the, from the match a little bit but the, we are we are turning very good skillful players into shadows of their former self and that that is a worry yeah.
1: And the fascinating thing is as well, it must be, yeah, I'd be really, I wish I could go in and sort of, you know, have experienced it or figure out what it's like actually in there. Because mm. if you think about the players, the reason I say that about, we know about their individual talents. We know about people coming in from elsewhere who who we've really wanted and you've thought could could plug gaps. I mean, Kulisovsky, perhaps one of the most obvious examples. But, you know, if you look at these players, these are people who've like Christian Romero, Obviously, um, like Benton cook like Perisic, they've bloody won things. They've won massive things. <laughs> they've, in one case, the World Cup. Like, yeah. I mean, as indeed has Hugo reach Let's not forget. But um, you know what I mean. Like, these are people who have thrived in very high pressure environments and yeah. have shown that they can they can work in that. Yeah. So it, I think, it, I think it's I interesting. I can't you that, that can't be scenario, true. Right?
0: I think it's interesting you mentioned Romero because getting back to the second half, he is a player that I would, it, talking like if I was the manager, but I would be um, grabbing him and saying, you are a leader in this team. You, yes. set, you set the tempo. Because in the second half, I thought he really did. It was one of his best halves of football. Mm. He was going in, he was making the right challenges. He wasn't rash. He played sensible, um, sensible balls out and he got our attacks going. Mm. And you could kind of make it clear to him, you know, he's not now um uh, a young lad even and I know he he is I think he's 23 24 but he's he, he's a leader in on the pitch you know lead by example do the right things and it gets other players around you and we need someone at the back I don't mm. think the other two defenders are are much cop um mm. in Dyer and Longley or even even Davis he can lead that he can be the leader of our of our back line and I thought yes. like I said his, his second half tonight was was a uh, chalk and cheese to the first half. Mm. What no. do you
1: think it was? Oh, sorry to interrupt. What do you think it was? Because I know we sort of fluffed around and presumably there was a conversation and, and clearly like Ryan did a good job of motivating them. But there's got to be more than that because do you remember also in the first half the way it was so slow? Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was that after having been destroyed so comprehensively in the first half at St James's Park, maybe it was that they were like hang on to the ball a bit, like mm. it doesn't really matter if you're not creating it as long as you're just, you know, completing your passes. And and that was obviously very frustrating for us to watch as a fan, mm. um, especially as given that we also still got to halftime 2-0 down. But you can maybe see the method in that, um, even though I really didn't enjoy that bit at all.
2: No, I'd like Seb says, I think it's a confidence thing. I think we've been told not to take too many risks. But um, also, the other thing is Man United, the way they were sort of closing us down when we had the ball from goal kicks and stuff. And then you look, mm-hmm. Fernandez was just sitting on Hoybier. Hoybier, when he's got a man near him, does not want the ball. And and then he's just... Not even
1: the world's most f- fast re- uh, recovered man. What, have no. you seen this? On crutches on Monday in a protective boot, Fernandez.
2: Yeah, I know. He's done amazingly well together. <laughs> what an
1: absolute joke. Do you think then it was he... just a, was it just like a con? I don't know.
2: Yeah, it does seem a bit strange that he's recovered and managed basically to start a game like that and looked absolutely fine, didn't he? Even got absolutely ki- fine. Kicked a few times. I would be like,
1: I would be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd be on him. I'd be giving him a few little uh
2: yeah, but it's, it's so easy to negate the way we play and make it difficult for us to pass out of the back because everything else, you're right, is so slow and it's so predictable. So all they really need to do is stop the ball going into that midfield, one of those two. And I thought that the times when we did get forward in that half was when we were just more direct. It was like either a quick mm. pass from somebody that went to one of the forward players and then they had to go and do something. But the second half, I felt like we like attacked in a bit more in a few numbers. There was a really good chance where Sun got the ball on the halfway line, took a man on and was running. And he had Perisic and Hojbjerg to his left, but he got tackled. And then there was that sort of flurry of crosses that were going into the box. And it ended with Porro, who's lashed at quite a few chances he's had in those oh. positions this season. But um he took it really well today, didn't he, Kate?
1: Yeah, wow. My God, yes. Yes, great. Let's talk about the Poro goal. Um <laughs> What? Wow. Honestly, like, because he hit it with the outside of his boot, right? And it, mm. ca- it kind of... Culled in to the, to the yeah to the oh man that I just love that so much. I mean he had a bit of time, but also but he didn't really because it was all like pinging around in the box, and it came out to him. And you think. I was surprised he didn't, I don't know, try and take a few more touches or like, but no. I just was pissed. just
0: glad he didn't hit Richarlison on the line. Can you imagine? That was, that was, that was, like, was literally sprawled on the goal line. <laughs> but,
2: Sid, were, were you not worried that VAR was going to rule that out? Because I was. Yes. I thought that would be so typical. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: I, a man on the floor, yeah.
0: I, I thought, if anything, when he said, uh, I, I mean, in hindsight, obviously it doesn't make sense, but I, I thought we should have had a penalty in the in the build up to it. I thought you did get pushed. Mm. He did yeah. get pushed, yeah. Um, so, and and to yeah, and obviously he wasn't blocking De Gea's view because De Gea was in it was in front of him as the yeah. Came mm. in. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't that worried. And yeah, as Kate said, it was, a, it was a, a good goal, and it was actually what we deserved that we had been knocking on the door at that point. Um, mm. Look, I don't want to um, caveat anything too much, but there are two things that I'll say in terms of the second half, not to kind of get carried away. Um, was Ooh. one United looked knackered. They looked absolutely shattered mm. um, from about the hour mark. what kind of excuse is that?
1: Two... Wankers, don't be shattered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're welcome back anytime. That's exactly the same. <laughs> um, no, the come other on. Was, as soon as Ericsson went off, um, yeah. that was that. That had a massive effect. Um yeah, And definitely. Fred, as a replacement, was was just not up to it. No, but Fred was shit. I was, was so
1: shit. glad to see it. To be honest, I was so glad to see him go off. I just it hurts a bit to see yeah. him play
2: for them. He was playing really well as well, that's the thing. It was it was a bad decision from them. And we what was the sub we brought on Kulu at that point, didn't we, on sixty minutes for Rishi? And then Kulu got into it. He was trying to put in some whip balls, a few to the back post, few going in. Um yeah. It was good, but I must admit, after we scored that goal, do you remember? Fernandez had that chance. We basically went off, mugged off our defence, and hit the crossbar. <gasps> and I was just oh like, God, "What? What, what is awesome. wrong with this team? We score a goal, we get back into it, and then instantly just allow something like that to happen." That so did he, make
1: me laugh, though, because how the fuck did he miss that? I was sorry, the F word. Now I'm really kicking off. How how did he miss that? That was hilarious. I no, mean, it was afterwards. Once you once you've calmed down, yeah,
2: yeah. You you got to enjoy <laughs> moments like that. It was a bad miss. Yeah,
1: that was funny. That was um, funny. I think it that would, almost kind of hit the underside. Like it was really in the goal, pretty much.
2: Yeah, and that would have been game over. I think. I don't think we've got the mental fortitude at the moment to come back from something like that. Because we have got back into it. If we'd have instantly gone two goals back, then it would have been all over. But you know, we had chances, and then Seth, like we talk about. Son got the final, the final goal, so we were all happy for him. But that chance he had where Kane put it across, it's just it's just so typical of Son this season where. He makes bad decisions, and that that attempt at goal was awful, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, looked unbalanced. Um, it didn't, it didn't, didn't strike it at all well. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a big chance. And then also the the goal that he did score, um, it looked great because it kind of went in the in in the corner, but he, he didn't hit that cleanly. No. Um, so, but look,
1: the bounce cool. wasn't the easiest on the chance. Yeah, no, you're right. It wasn't a good. No, it wasn't. wasn't good moment, neither of them were
0: easy,
2: but it's, wasn't, it's they
1: weren't easy. Yeah, yeah. To 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 try and be, but I completely agree. I think. So. Well, we, we we all know it. We don't even have to really bring it up. Like he's not the ball, the ball from the Kane. player he was. But in that moment where, Kane, they scored, where they where they combined, you were like,
0: yes, the the ball yes, from it's... Kane was unbelievable. Uh, such. Yeah, but, but... Kane
2: in the second half was just running things, wasn't he? He was dropping deep. And the difference was, I noticed a few times when he dropped deep, he had four players ahead of him. So he had the two other forwards and the wing-backs were trying to get forward. It's almost like we've gone, right, Kane's going to do this and he's bound to find a decent pass because he's like the yeah. only player in our team that's capable of doing that. And I thought he, he, he was really instrumental in that second half. really good. The
0: second, the second goal, again, it reminded me of the second goal um, that we got against Brighton mm. where Danjum come on and he runs at the goalkeeper and it seems... To, I, don't, I don't know what it is because it was exactly the same. Mm. He ran at, um, at the Brighton keeper and the Brighton keeper puts a ball kind of into midfield and we pick up the second ball and we go and, and attack. And it was exactly the same today. Dan Juma ran... He, the, the crowd like Dan Juma. It changes the atmosphere slightly and he, he, he kind of gets the team up I guess just through running I'm not sure he really touched the ball again tonight but, yeah. but he, run, he runs at the keeper De Gea puts it into midfield we pick up the second ball um, and you know five seconds later it's it's in the back of the net lovely lovely ball from Kane um, you know it's like you say um, Kane, Kane ran the show tonight my Man United supporting friend messaged me and said um, how's he ended up getting man in the match it's because that second half ouch on anything else that was, that was on the pitch
2: yeah I mean, yeah, Man United had some good good performances in the first half, but nobody was dragging their team up quite as much as Kane was. And I think that's the, the one thing is about his relationship with Mason as well, because they're obviously good friends. So I don't know whether he's going to try extra, extra hard um, for his mate in the managerial role, but I can see that sort of relationship.
0: You, deviating a little bit, but where do you see... Um, I, I can't imagine for a second that Mason is going to be our, our next permanent manager. So where do you see Mason being, should, should a Nagelsmann or, or or the like come in? Does he then revert to assistant coach again? Or is, is he out, on, out of the door because Nagelsmann or whoever it is wants to bring his own person on? It's got to be a very tricky situation.
2: What, He's what, the new David Pleat, isn't he? He's like the continuity. So he'll be there forever. And when <laughs> anyone leaves, he just steps in. He'll be like our caretaker manager 10 times over the next decade. You know what I mean?
1: It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because you think... What does what I don't know what his ambition is like. Is his is his aim to manage Tottenham permanently? Is he what what, what level does he want to be at as a mm. permanent boss? Um, I was talking. I went to do a chat with Rob Edwards earlier, the Luton Town boss, just talking like a sit down, talking about of course they're going to be in the playoffs um, this season, mm. and and it was really interesting hearing about his kind of managerial development because he'd done a lot of stuff with the. Under, 20, under 20s or under 16s but whatever he'd worked through a lot of kind of academies and in at Wolves like and then done some um, non-league stuff as well yeah. to figure out how to get there and there's just some very different paths depending on what kind of a manager I guess you hope to be so yeah that's a question I've never really heard maybe, I've, maybe you guys have read stuff or seen it I've never really heard Ryan Mason talk about specifically where he, you know what his next steps are going to be or what he'd like to do I guess mm. he's always going to be like you know I'm here to support the club and of course he stayed didn't he uh, after he was caretaker manager in 2021
0: so yeah I think well, he said this week, didn't he? I think he said this week that he, he, he feels ready and I guess that's what got, he's got to say. Well, he's not going to say, I don't, I don't yeah. feel ready, this job's way above <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm doing here. I told uh, the
2: chairman this, but he right. said do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, maybe you'll turn it, or maybe you'll go like Nate and uh, Ted Lasso and go rogue and go and manage West Ham and fuck us all over. Um, <laughs> on Dan Juma, by the way, I wonder also a bit if... Uh, if in the stadium he feels like whenever he comes on, he feels like a post Conte thing, like a reaction, a Conte reaction player. Because yeah. obviously he never got yeah. on when Conte was there and it was always like, we've got this player who he wanted, but he never gets to play. So I sometimes feel like there's a kind of, joyfulness for the fans whenever he comes on, whatever happens.
2: Yeah, and it's also the unknown quantity, isn't it? It's like we always like a new player until we've seen him play for a few games and then people start hating them. It's just the way it goes <laughs> yeah. So he's still got that yeah, new bedsheet sort of aspect to him, yeah. doesn't he?
1: Yeah. I also really <laughs> liked <New> I have <laughs>
2: <laughs> everyone likes getting into bed with new clean bedsheets, <laughs> so don't they? Come uh, on. It-
0: yeah, I've never heard a player called that, but I'll remember that. One. <laughs> um, I also
1: really liked. Okay, guys, this you're going to be able to tell me better if he's not a player, Jafet Tanganga. But I have very, um, I have very fond memories. I saw him play basically once live, and I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, it's going to have been more than that, but like I remember when I really remember it and he I think it was the game that we beat City hmm. like very early on at the start of last season. Would it have been yeah, Um, yeah. anyway? And he like absolutely um killed Jack Grealish on the right. And it was just amazing. And I just remember being like, oh, my God, we have a player like, please, I need to see more of this. But yes, yeah, since then, I haven't.
2: No, he's just not been played enough, has he? I think we've talked about that as well. We'll never know whether there's a player in there. He looked good for a few games, but he's also had a few dodges. But he gets put in, you know, like Europa League games where nobody Mm. performs well. And that's the curse of being a sort of peripheral player at Spurs is that when you do get a chance, it's normally in a team where we we put in terrible performances. Um, Yeah. I was surprised. I think we all were that he hasn't maybe gone on loan, but being that sort of homegrown element means he's sort of kicking around the squad to make up the numbers. But it was yeah interesting that he got on the pitch tonight, even if it was for about what three minutes or
0: something. What well, that was the, the only gripe that I had with the with the second half. Um, mm. I, I do I don't understand why Son came off. He also came off at a time when Kane had gone down injured. Now I do think Kane. We did the right thing and something that we never do as a team the amount of teams in the, in the Premier League who have a, a timed injury so Southampton mm. were the ones where it got really Southampton no, classic no, yeah yeah so it was 67 minutes every single game someone yeah. would go down with an injury they'd be able to reconvene have a drink get some instructions and things like that and after we scored you thought like the momentum's with us because we because we, we playing we really well and it was attack after attack and they mm. looked tired and then we scored and we stopped yeah Uh, uh, and song Song came off for tanganga i know they'd made a change because poro had come off hadn't they so they needed someone on that side i think at one point we had Kulisewski kind of half there didn't there was about five minutes when it didn't really make a lot of sense to formation but that was when we scored so i just didn't get the 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 whole thing and they just kept the ball united and and Mm to fashion some chances and I thought we looked again just a lack of confidence that—that that is all I'd put it down to coupled with the to the tactical change that for me I wasn't I, I didn't understand maybe you guys can make sense of it
1: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. We did seem to drop off and I think on our Patreon chat, that's what everyone was moaning about there. They were like, Why have we just stopped playing? Why have we stopped going for it? It made it made absolutely no sense. And other teams wouldn't do that, would they? You even look at like Southampton against us, they were going for it, get dividend, you know, get a goal in the final few minutes. It's like
0: do, do you think, it, unless it was a call from from Mason to be like, look, we've done really well to get back to this. Let's not throw it away because the headlines had we have got lost yeah. three two, that that would have been awful. The stadium would have been awful. The booing, there would have been more chanting and things like that. Maybe in you know, hindsight, is it a sensible decision to kind of go right, guys, well done. We've done, played fantastic. Let's let's shut up shop. Yeah, we had a
1: chance, and was it was it injury time? or Was it just before injury time? There was a chance where I thought we were, I thought we were cooked.
2: Yeah, and I um, think, and they got a corner as well. There's a bit of pressure from them. They oh, the bloody
1: corner as well! Yeah, mm. that
2: was lame. So it wasn't. It, it wasn't like we yeah, completely stopped them from having any chances doing that either. It was. Um, it was a strange thing to do. And I obviously think that when we attack teams, I know. We can leave space in there, but you just gotta keep a few men back. When we when we commit attacking players forward, I think we're a threat and Man United today, their defence didn't look that solid. I felt like if we'd have just kept going along those lines, we would have we would have seen the game out and maybe got a, a few more opportunities. Um before we do stop talking about the game, Kate, I've just got to mention, I know you're going to get upset about this because you've said you're an Eric Dyer fan, but Jesus fucking Christ, I've got so <laughs> the easiest header. Literally, when you see the replays, oh it's an open goal, nobody around him, the whole thing to choose from, and he manages to cock that up. Like, we my had chances. Love for
1: Eric Dyer is emotional rather than rational. It's more like, um, <laughs>
2: yeah, it's have to more be. like
1: I will support you, kind of. <laughs> like, but no, I, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to, that was, because the thing about Eric Dyer is his head is square. So I sometimes wonder, <laughs> or cube, it's a cube, isn't it? It is a cube. So I, so, so I sometimes wonder, like, maybe that makes it harder to head the ball in the correct direction.
2: <laughs> it could well be. But I was just looking at um, the, our XG for the game. We actually won on the XG. I was ah. thinking, how did we do that? But I think it's because Eric Dyer is probably like a guaranteed goal. Yeah. That, that, was, yeah, that, was, that,
0: that, three. that was three. That three on the XG. <laughs> My
2: God, yeah. <laughs> Eric oh, Dyer what was it 0.46, which means every other one of those goes in. Eric <laughs> Dyer, never mind.
1: That was what a shame! What a shame! Imagine it, guys. If we've been sitting here with a three-two win, that'd be nuts, really. Because if you look at like, yeah. like you say, you know, when we're, we're not, we're not getting Champions League football. So, no. given that Manchester United are notably a better team than us this season. Mm.
2: At times, yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, they're going to finish in the top four and I don't think they've been great all year. they certainly not been a team you'd be like, yeah, definitely a sort no, of champion, no Champions League calibre. We've said no, this,
0: haven't we? No, no one's yeah. been great. There's been two teams that have, that. obviously City are always great and Arsenal went on a hell of a run. Apart mm. from that, everyone's been, been pretty, I don't think Newcastle have been great. They are the media darlings and I don't understand why. Um, I, I thought I thought there'd be a little bit of backlash um, following the takeover and, and everything, but it seems to have just been completely wiped out. No one, no one's really saying anything about it, and I mm-hmm. hear that they haven't spent any money, and yet they spent money on a goalkeeper, a central defender, a striker, uh, forty million on a midfielder. So I, I, I don't know, but no one, no one's no, it's not been a good Premier League. Obviously, the World Cup is the massive caveat to that, um, and it's disrupted everyone's season, everyone's flow. Yeah. Um and, and that's just how it is. Uh, it's a it's a massive opportunity missed this season because I think it's just going to get harder and harder and harder to get in that top four now. Um, mm. when when you include Newcastle, when you have teams like Brighton who are overachieving, I don't think they'll keep overachieving. Um, but Liverpool, Chelsea, I mean, at least we're not Chelsea. That's,
1: that's, yeah. That's- yeah. <laughs> well,
2: this brings me to one last question because I'm sure we all want to get some sleep by tomorrow. Um yeah. Where are we finish in the league now? We could finish, I think, as low as eighth. I don't think it's unless oh we God. have a complete collapse. We're not going to finish any lower than eighth. And eighth, I, I can't remember, Seb, can it be a Europa League spot? Or uh, no? no oh, is this uh, this
1: bloody Conference League? Thing? Conference really...
2: League. Depending yeah. on what happens with the cup, the cup finals, I think we could potentially We'd be better
1: off not being in the bloody Conference League. You'd be so, better to finish lower. Wouldn't so you?
2: there you go. That's my question. Do we want European football next year? Because I was arguing with that, one arguing. I was debating with our patrons earlier this week, and I was thinking for a new manager to come in without the, the and you know there will be some kind of rebuild. Where we've got a lot of players we need to get rid of, so we need some players to come in. Would it be easier for them to come in without not having the distraction of playing those two games a week? What yeah. do you think, Kate? Yeah?
1: Yeah. I mean, I do. Obviously, like, logically, I do. Mm. But what that also means is that we that would mean us finishing
2: yeah. like, really Thanks.
1: very, like, really, <laughs> really quite embarrassingly low down. Could happen. Um, you, know, you know the classic thing about, um, not to be boring about it, but you know the classic thing about where teams tend to finish, particularly in the Premier League, is very much... Uh, Mm. Based on their wage wage structure, yeah, there's a correlation. Yeah, you know, if you talk about that's another reason I guess that we're we we can be proud of drawing with Manchester (coughs) United because they're like you know they pay well above. Um, and then talk about Chelsea, yeah, they are absolutely caning their wage budget. So that's that's Mm. fun. Um, but yeah, so we're probably about on that. I think we're probably about fifth or sixth. I can't remember.
2: I think we're fifth these days, yeah, probably above above the goons
1: maybe. Below that would be to underperform that, and above it. But anyway, I just yeah, I don't really want us to be in Europe, but then equally I don't want us to finish, you know, edging towards mid-table, right?
2: Well, Seb, you said you didn't give a shit about top four. So do you give a shit about fifth, sixth, seventh? That's the question. Because I think with Newcastle in the Champions League next year, that's I think that will scupper them. I don't think they're going to be able to um, attract that many quality players. I don't think their squad's going to be good enough for Champions League and the league next year. So that could be interesting for them. Chelsea are in, who knows what Chelsea are going to be like next year. Same with Liverpool. All these clubs are sort of in a little bit of turmoil. And I don't think the Goons are going to be able to replicate what they did next season. I think things will be different. <laughs> and I think not having that added distraction of European football for like a competition which we never take seriously, whether it's Europa League or Conference League, we don't take it seriously. The performances are shit. We don't play our youth. So I'm just fed up with playing in those competitions.
0: Yeah, but I like watching Spurs.
2: Oh yeah, I'll be bored as fucking <laughs> midweek. That's the thing. That's the only thing. It's from a purely <laughs> selfish point of view. I won't get a trip to some minor European city once or twice in like in, in, in autumn, autumn, winter, and I'll be bored midweeks a lot.
0: I, I, I like Kate. I'm I'm quite split because, yeah, like you say, I don't want to. I don't want any ignominy of finishing eighth or ninth or whatever. Um, also, I don't want us to start thinking that we can kind of do do what Arsenal have done, and we'll finish ninth uh. this season. Then we'll finish fifth, and we'll have a good crack at Europa while we're competing in the league. It, what Arsenal have done isn't isn't the norm. Mm. Um, I, I would rather be out of it. But does Harry Kane feel like he needs to play even Europa League football? Is that a sway? I I, I don't know. Does it? If we do had you, what do can, you think? kind of pivot to so? the future where his, his heads at. I, I don't know, or is even the fact that we're not in Europe? Would it, would he look at that as being a benefit? I'll have a, a quieter year of run. Yeah. I mean, and what's he done? I mean, he's played every game, isn't he? He hasn't. hasn't he doesn't,
2: he doesn't have to run himself into the ground for another season.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, I, but he
1: seems I, I, to I want know. to, doesn't he? He's like he's nutter for that.
0: He <laughs> if you gave it. me fifth now, I think I would probably take it. Uh yeah. okay. just because, as Kate said, it's kind of. I think it's really where we realistically would expect us to be yeah. fifth, maybe sixth, and fourth is a good season, um, as it as it was last year, you know, got there by hook or by crook. Um seventh, eighth starts to be, you know, if if Brighton and Villa finish above you, that's that's a, that's God, a, that's yeah, a disappointment, that's isn't it? Year.
1: Yeah. So. I was just I was trying to remember when we last finished um eighth, it was two thousand
2: and nine. Yeah, it was a long time ago. that um, the
0: last time we didn't have European football then.
2: Yeah, it would have been Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would have been Yeah, That's the thing, but you know Brighton and Villa, imagine them having European football with the squads they've got, I think that that would kibosh their season to a certain extent as well or at least put a strain on them, I just think I don't know, to to me it sounds like a good opportunity and I think for a new manager to come in, I think it would be good for them as well to not have that pressure and to be able to just think about putting out the the team they want once a week
0: Kate, can I ask you a final question? Please. Where are you on uh, Daniel Levy and Enoch
1: Oh God, I go backwards and forwards. <laughs> I think, I think the because I do the reason I don't, I don't really like it when he gets he, in the past when he's been massively hammered is mm. because I think that people underestimate. You know when they're like, oh, you know, it's embarrassing to have a f1 whatever the thing is that we've got the go-karts in the stadium or whatever like you know i kind of know what they mean but equally we're competing with nation states here and i don't think Mm. that people like you said about uh about the newcastle stuff like is it does people don't reflect on that often enough and, yeah. and there are by the way you know there are like journalists who are still talking about that and always talk about it like Miguel Delaney at the, at the Indy and various other people and and but if people choose not to like I can completely empathize with it because the the threats and the like there's some there's bad stuff that goes on when people try and write against this stuff even in in the UK so yeah. anyway that's a side point um but yeah so I do I do have respect for what has been done at Tottenham, and I, I also, if it doesn't sound too kind of little Englander, I'm quite proud that it's like an English-owned club as well, which is a very unusual thing in the Premier League. um I don't know if that does sound a bit kind of
2: well whatever. via via a yacht in the Bahamas, yeah.
1: <laughs> sure, but I mean, it's I'd, you know, I'd rather have that than. Um, Well, anyway, let's not, let's not take on the fans of various other places. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, that, that for me is vastly preferable to some of the other alternatives. Mm. Um, But equally, I just, there's just this big question mark around the decision making related to the managers and related to the way that it feels like the club is kind of a bit, even though you've got these key people who are, who are really good like there's definitely some really good people in key possess- positions. you know mm. I've met them like um but it, it is curious that that there doesn't seem to be this yeah it does still feel so chaotic yeah and some of the decision making and then you think like the thing with the pack we don't have time to go into the whole Paratichi saga but you know that actually did look like quite a promising step but then of course instead it just turned into this absolute disarray because you know he's getting banned from football or whatever's happened now um so that i thought was promising like it indicated that there was some recognition um but then equally then he goes and does stuff like talking at the cambridge union when he hasn't have you just see this of course you did yeah Yeah. Yeah. when he hasn't when he doesn't ever do interviews and you're just like oh mate (laughs) you Um, don't help
2: yourself yeah the thing I said about that last week was the business terminology we starts talking about to maximise the opportunity of owning a football club. You're like, mate, that is not, not what fans good. want to hear. It's if you good. if you want to say if I want to achieve the highest we can achieve with that football club, fine. But when you talk about maximising yeah. opportunities, that He's to most basically people... a
1: dork, isn't it? He? He's like a dork, which like you no. Know, so I and I am, yeah, I empathise. I'm a bit, of a dork. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's so it's. It's look, it's not a very good answer. There's there's a but I think it's more diffuse and more complicated than I I, I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. being like just being like, uh you know. Yeah, the,
2: the problem is the people that are anti unik are so entrenched now, they're not going to get out of it. So what's going to happen for eternity until he leaves is that every time we go on a bad run, it will bubble to the surface again and then it will slowly simmer down. But even tonight, I think there's a video of Donna Cullen when we conceded and she just turns and says that shit and everyone's digging her out. And I'm like, well, it was shit. So That's what sweet. would you expect if I was there and you filmed me going it's shit? You're not going to be digging me out, are you? Like, what was she she supposed to do about it? Someone started to try and say, like, well, she didn't want Potch back in and now she's saying that we're shit. I'm just like, what? What sort of mental gymnastics are you doing to try and bring in these arguments? It's just, I just, you know what I mean? I'm vaguely on, you know, no, I'm mostly on side with the the club need to seriously have a think about how they run things and they need to start thinking a bit more about the fans and it not being just such a transactional relationship. All of that stuff has has needed to happen for a long time. But... I can't get on side with some of the hyperbole and stuff that gets leveled at them because it's just, it's just over the top. Um, just... Yeah, I
1: think that's about right. That's, I think that's my view. Basically. Okay. I mean, the other thing is obviously, sorry, the potch stuff is a bit annoying because obviously like, yeah, you did so well and, and then didn't <sighs> get that and then sort of, then Mourinho was sort of backed and so it wasn't a good fit. Anyway, yeah. Maybe if- that's maybe. Come back. We'll talk about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, if Poch goes to Chelsea, I don't know how I'm going to feel because he's he's going to have to be dead to me while he's there. He's going to have to be. But then, you know, as long as he doesn't win anything and leaves them in a worse state, then fine.
1: <laughs> he can't get be our sleeper agent. Yeah,
2: <laughs> relegate them. Get them relegated. That's fine. Oh dear. Right, just let me quickly mention footballprizes.co.uk. This week we've got a Harry Redknapp, which is a bit uh, weird. Harry Redknapp signed and framed Spurs shirt with number one on it. Uh, tickets for that are three ninety five, and there's only 49 available, so a good opportunity to get in there. That closes uh, on the 7th of May, so you've got loads of time. That's no, sorry the 3rd of May, Wednesday, the 3rd of May. you still got loads of time at 7.30pm. Don't forget with the code CR10, you get a 10% discount on your ticket prices and that applies to anything else on the site. So get involved, footballprizes.co.uk. Right, Sebastian, thanks ever so much for joining us always, mate.
0: No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm off to bed and dream of Eric Dyer.
2: I mean, that's the one thing about living in your onesie that you've got on now. So we're doing video for this uh for this pod, because Kate wanted to see our faces. Uh, and she really wants to I see Seb's the- onesie.
1: I wanted to see the onesie, yeah. So is that sorry if this is too much of an intimate question, Seb, but is that are you are you going to bed in that?
0: No, no, it's it's <laughs> far it's far too too warm, I'm afraid. Um, no.
2: Seb will shed his onesie on the way to the bedroom <laughs> short.
1: Oh no Oh dear, alright, well we should probably Leave it at that then <laughs> we
2: should. Thanks Kate, thanks ever so much for joining I'm um...
1: Lovely to chat, thanks for having me oh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun And thank God it was 2-2 eh?
2: Exactly, exactly Right, um, look out for the YouTube guys, we're doing Liverpool At the weekend, so I think Bren's still in Bloody Bolivia, so I'll be doing that one as well um, So look out for that on the Sunday But until next time, come on, you Spurs.
0: Come on, you Spurs.
1: Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?